Hey y'all, Hannah here. We love recording the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast and sharing our wisdom and funnies around our businesses and entrepreneurship journeys. If you're looking for more support, education, and tips for your weight inclusive business, head over to our Instagram at Weight Inclusive Innovators, where you'll find us doing silly reels and offering call to actions on ways you can move the needle in your business. That's at Weight Inclusive Innovators on Instagram. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight inclusive business the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Pod. Today, we are going to be chatting about hiring a VA. Yay! means virtual assistant. But before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to follow up with Hannah from last week's episode about if we had to choose either like an actor or a character to be fear, because we talked about how you need to like name fear and visualize it, who she would pick. Who would you pick, Ham? So yes, Morgan put me on the spot with this question and exposed me not knowing a lot of actors and actresses. (laughs) So I had to do my homework and figure out who I think would be a great representation of the thing that's in your car with you that you're telling to sit in the back seat when you're having those imposter thoughts or comparison trap. And so I obviously had to pull from my favorite Disney movie, which is Hercules, which please let me know what you think about that movie listeners, because I feel like it's an underrated Disney movie, but I remember watching that one on repeat as a kid. Did you? I I didn't watch it a ton as a kid, but I, as an adult, very much agree that it's an underrated Disney movie. I feel like it doesn't get the credit that it needs to. It totally doesn't. No one talks about how Meg from Hercules is a total boss babe. Anyway, so what I would say represents fear really well is pain and panic. Do you know who they are? I do. And those are very fitting names for someone that you would want to uh, identify as fear. Okay. Listeners, if you haven't watched Hercules or if you have, you have to keep an eye on these little creatures. So basically pain and panic work for Hercules and anytime they're carrying, or sorry, not Hercules, Hades, Hades. And anytime they're asked to complete a quote unquote bad task from Hades, they always have these back and forth conversations that are really fast and really intense about like what could go wrong and how bad it is. And like, are we going to get in trouble X, Y, Z? And I just think it perfectly encapsulates those thoughts and that we have in our head when we're feeling that imposter, like the internal dialogue for sure. Yes. So that's my answer. You're welcome. Morgan took me more time than it should have to come up with that, but I'm sticking with it. Hey, it was a really solid answer. Time, time well taken to come up with that. (laughs) Perfect. I am going to stick with Anna Kendrick, but I think 
specifically, because I, I took this a little further and I was like, what part of that? I would say specifically Anna Kendrick from A Simple Favor, which is the movie with Blake Lively and Henry Chu, same guy that's in Crazy Rich Asians, where like she's like Anna Kendrick plays this like goody two shoes mom and becomes friends with Blake Lively, who's like this like badass, like working mother. And something happens and Anna Kendrick is like panicked the whole movie essentially. And so it would resonate specifically. Do you recommend that movie? Should I I watch it? Yeah, it was a good movie. I definitely have my movies that I watch like over and over and over again, such as Crazy Rich Asians. I don't think A Simple Favor would be one where I like watched it all the time, but I love all three of those actors and actresses. And so definitely worth it. That honestly surprises me as a seven that you would watch the same things over and over because, well, for me, I'm like, I don't want to watch anything twice. Like I want new and novel and to see a storyline I've never seen, but I know also people have like comfort show it's in movies that they watch over and over. So explain yourself. It's totally a coping skill. Um, it's totally a coping. It's not like I like sit and watch the movie. I have it on in the background. I have a really hard time sitting still and like actually making it through a new movie or a new show. Yes. I'm with you there. What helps me with movies is if I actually go to the movie theater and I get popcorn and a slushy. <laughs> that keeps me because you're worried about people getting up and like disrupting people's movie experience. That what goes through your brain. That's what goes through my brain. If I'm sitting on my couch, I get too distracted by my phone. No, I'm kind of, I would, I don't think about other people. <laughs> I think my decisions to get up and go to the bathroom during a movie. I sound like a jerk. I promise I'm not. I just don't think about it. Yeah. And I usually go to a matinee with my partner. So it's, there's barely anybody there. It's perfect. Yeah. When was the last time you went to go see a movie in theaters? Uh, it wasn't that long ago. I'd say in the last couple months, I went to go okay. see the new Batman. Ooh, I am not, as I imagine a lot of people are like this, have not gone to the movies since before COVID, but with Top Gun coming out this past weekend, I've been wanting to go see that. And I was like, what? That seems like a perfect movie to go watch in the movie theater. Yeah. For that like special effect, loud, full screen experience. I'm with you. I'm with you. Go to a matinee or a manatee. I like to call it that too. Kind of, I mean, spelling's pretty similar. Definitely tricky words. Ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it. All right, y'all. I threw Hannah for a curveball with today's episode because approximately 45 minutes before recording this episode, I was out for a walk and was listening to Rachel Rachel Rogers' Hello 7 podcast, specifically her episode on Million Dollar Focus, which Heather Kaplan sent to us and I finally got around to listening to. And I felt so freaking attacked by that episode in the best way possible. And so I immediately sent Hannah a voice note and I said, okay, I'm feeling really called out to focus. The whole premise of the episode, which would still recommend going to listen to it, is having your focus on one thing that'll make you business instead of a bunch of little things until you hit seven figures. And for me, I would really like that to be the Weight Inclusive Business Academy. And I was like, fuck, like what is holding me back from just freaking doing this? Like I've had this idea for so long. And then someone mentioned hiring a virtual assistant 
to help them meet their goals. And I was like, okay, I'm really, I'm really feeling called out with this. Like, is it time to do this? And so sent Hannah a voice note, did some journaling about it, had a little bit of an an internal panic attack because I wanted to call the episode, the one where Morgan explores hiring a VA and Hannah goes, why don't we just call it the one where Morgan hires a VA? And I'm like, that's, that's that's a lot of accountability. (laughs) We are committal over here. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. And I just, I was journaling and I just wrote down a bunch of questions and I mean, Hannah's my go-to gal for transitions in business and sitting with the discomfort and getting some words of wisdom and naming my fears and talking through them. And so I was like, can we just chat through this because I I know I can't be the only one feeling this way. And so if you are also on the verge of figuring out whether you want it to hire a VA or what that looks like, I'm asking all the questions. You're getting a live look into my brain as I panic a little bit and dump it all on Hannah to sort things out. Is this a Hannah coaches Morgan session right now? By all means, if you want to coach me, woo! I'm here for it. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, I first want to normalize this feeling with considering hiring a VA because one, it is vulnerable to let somebody into your business. Two, how are you going to find a person that delivers in the way that you would or you want to? Like, Who's going to be as invested in this as you are with you? And then three, there's a financial cost to this, right? So those are the first three things that I always cover with folks around whether it's hiring a VA or bringing on any system support person. It's like you're literally looking at my notes because those are the three things. (laughs) Those are the three things that I wrote down. Okay. I know you mentioned Weight Inclusive Business Academy. Tell us about what is leading you to think about this outside of the podcast? Like give us real life scenario of what's going on in your business as much as you feel comfortable to share where you think hiring a VA could be helpful. With the Weight Inclusive Business Academy, if I bring it to life the way that I want to bring it to life, which is likely going to happen because I don't have ass things, there's going to be 60 plus lessons. Mind you, a lesson is 15 minutes. It's not like it would take me that long to record, but you know what takes me a long time? Creating slides, creating the workbook, creating the Podia product image, duplicating the page on my website, changing the website copy, writing the email nurture series for every single one of those 60 lessons. And that's what's holding me back. And it's like those, I don't want to call them minor tasks because like they're clearly needed in order to be successful. I really just don't want to do them. I'd rather spend time creating and pass those tasks off to someone else, especially because I already have templates created. So it would literally just be plugging and chugging information and like checking things off of a to-do list. I love that you mention you know what needs to happen and you could do it, right? It would take up a fuck ton of time. You'd probably get bored pretty mundane. It is plugging and chugging. That is the perfect kind of task to have somebody else do. It's not content creation. It's not as far as 
having to teach and know about business. It's really just taking what you've created and organizing it and making, making it into the system for your courses. Yes. And I rationally know that this is what I need. There are fears that come up with this. Tell us your fears. The first fear that I have is that if I, this is, this is a, a personal fear, not really tied to the business, but it is kind of tied to the business, I guess, is if I hire a VA, then this will become successful. I will not be able to hold myself back from this anymore. Morgan, are you self-sabotaging by not hiring a VA? By the looks of it, yes. Yes, I am, Hannah. <laughs> Oof. That fear of success, man. I I don't know why that's so scary. Dude, it's so scary. And I think it's and and kind of tied into this if we want to tackle these two fears together is that if I hire a VA, the good part of this is that I will be held accountable to actually create everything that I want to create. But the bad news is I'll actually have to create everything I want to create. And then I feel like it just opens up a whole can of worms. I have everything packaged nicely in this little box right now. And it's like fear of success, fear of the unknown. Oof. Yes. I love a accountability and fire under your feet situation. And I think anyone who's listening to this right now is probably like, yeah, 100%. If you do the thing, that means you have to do the whole thing. And it's really hard to rip that bandaid off because another thing I talk about with people in considering hiring a VA or an admin support in different kinds of capacities, which maybe we can get into a little bit, but we only have so many resources. There's time, energy, and finances. And when you're kind of straddling the line of, should I hire a VA or not? You're going to have to give up one of those resources to get more of another. And so the intention with hiring a VA or an admin assistant, someone to help you with the tasks that are $25 tasks, right, is to give you a resource back. In this situation, you need your time and energy back, and that's going to cost financially. And figuring out when that point of breaking is to be able to do that. Yeah. You named my second fear of the financial piece. Mm-hmm. My when I think of hiring a VA, my brain—I know this is an irrational thought, so I'm going to name it before I say it. My brain automatically goes to I can't pay someone 40 hours a week, and then I remember that I can literally hire someone for like five hours a week. That's a common thought. We call that all or nothing thinking. Black and white thinking. Many people. Many people can relate to. Yeah, no, I I can't afford an admin 40 hours a week. Sounds like you can't either. That's really normal. It would be a lot to fill up somebody for 40 hours a week unless you had like a giant business where they're doing a bunch of different tasks. But yes, it's really normal to hire, hire a VA, start them at three to five hours a week and expect to build from there. And I say that part because you really want a VA that wants to grow with you and mm. someone who has the capacity to take on more as you go. And you may find that you only need them for five hours forever. That's fine too. 
but I like to shoot bigger because if you have someone you trust that you can hand off things to, that's a total game changer. Can we take it on back and say, did you say three to five hours a week? I can hire someone for three hours a week. I mean, I know like logically I can, that just feels small, but I guess I I could, could, like no one's telling me no, right? (laughs) Yes. Well, and the thing with VAs that's cool is they're probably working for a bunch of different practices, right? Mm. Or they're doing it as a side gig or they're, there's so many different things that could be going on. So someone would love to do that for three hours a week, knowing that they can build from there and then they can take on a couple other clients. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Cause you're right. I, I mean, I, with the tasks that I have in mind, like it really wouldn't not to discredit the time that they would spend, but three to, I think three to five hours is very reasonable, but it kind of goes back to like the opening a can of worms. Like that's what I envision I would need now. And down the line, I'm probably going to need a lot more support. And so I would say probably to, to bring it back to like the, the paying piece, like it's one of those things that like, clearly I need it. We're just going to name that. Clearly I need support in some way. I need to delegate these tasks because if my, if I would have completed my schedule for business foundations, 101 and 102, like re-recording, publishing, all of that, both of them would have been published by now. I've continually pushed back the due date in Asana for for like three weeks now. So clearly I need someone's help. I think where my brain goes is like full vulnerability moment. First year of entrepreneurship, I'm still growing. I can barely pay myself sometimes. It's gotten better, but I worry about an additional expense. If I can, because, you know, there's difference between like operating expenses versus owner's draw. I'm separating those out, profit first method. But it's like, I need, it's like a vicious cycle. I need to make more money to pay them. But I'm not going to make more money unless I publish the Weight Inclusive Business Academy. I'm not going to publish the Weight Inclusive Business Academy without the support of someone lighting a fire under my ass and having someone do more of like the administrative tasks with it. The very vicious cycle. But the fear of committing to paying someone, I think there's more of a fear of like, I can make this work for the time being, but what happens if I have to stop paying them and then like I would feel bad that I'm impacting their life and I don't want to do that because I want to grow with like I want them to grow with me and like realistically they probably will because it means I'd be able to publish more courses but there's a mental block right there I'm sitting here nodding my face off sometimes I get sore from nodding um when people <laughs> are telling me stuff that I resonate with or hear all the time so Yes, you are in a little bit of that rock and a hard place of shit. If I don't do this, I can't move my business forward as efficiently as I want to. I'm either going to burn myself out trying to do it all myself, or it's just not going to get done. And so, what I, is it okay if I'm just direct about what I would do? Do it. Be direct. Okay. Awesome. So, I would look at the numbers of your practice and I would see where you're at as far as profit, right? Everything that's left after expenses. And I would just start playing with the numbers around, okay, what could be a small chunk of money I can allot every week for three hours to have this person do things for me? And how much time is that going to give me back? 
what am I going to get accomplished? Can I create a timeline of expectations? And then if this timeline's not met, then I can reassess whether or not I'm ready for a VA. And when I say timeline, what I mean is revenue goals, tasks to get done, things produced. And to speak to the part where you fear how this impacts someone, the cool thing about VAs is, well, one, they understand risk in business and have to have a level of tolerance with you in that of, hey, this is new. We're trying something out. Here's my goals. I need you to help me with X, Y, and Z. This is what I can afford to pay. We can discuss and negotiate later on as we grow out your position, if that's something you're interested in doing. We're really looking for someone invested in this practice who's going to show up. And I promise there will be reward in so many different ways. Having that conversation and being transparent is really important. And I even think this is applicable to anybody you hire. Like even hiring clinicians, you have to set the stage of, I can't pay you a salary. We only get paid for direct service. And so we're going to build out your caseload. We're going to get you doing the work you love. We're going to give you excellent supervision so that you don't have to pay that $200 each time you meet with somebody to get that. And if you stick this out, I promise we'll get you where you want to go. I blabbered. What's on your mind? <laughs> um, I'm, what's on my mind is that like, I, all of that makes sense. And it's, I'm like, why didn't I, why didn't I think of that? That's, that feels so simple. Just have a conversation with them. And then my brain goes to, okay, what are all the things that I need to make sure I talk to them about? And, or like, what are like the logistics of like working with a VA? Like, do I, like, is it normal to do like a trial month with someone? Is it, how many times should I be checking in with them? Is most of the work done over email? Like, I don't, I could figure it out. I could fumble my way through it. I have I have a good head on my shoulders. Like I could figure it out, but I like, it's like, I want to know the logistics. When I'm stressed, I go to a one. I want to have control. I want to know all the pieces. And that's where I'm at. Morgan, you're not going to believe this, but there is no blueprints for what a VA can do for you because everyone's business is different. So you get to determine what that is. And where I usually have people start is take a week. What are the things you're doing over the week that you do not want to be doing that are not worth your energy and time? And I say that not in a way of like, you're too good to be doing those tasks. I say it in a way of this is inefficient and you're not getting where you want to go. And someone else is going to jive on these tasks. Yeah. And that person's probably not an Enneagram 7. (laughs) No, hopefully it is a one. Yeah. I'm just kidding. There's a ton of all that different Enneagrams can be (laughs) excellent at different kinds of tasks. But I will say you will want someone who is your opposite, someone Mm -hmm. who is extremely detail-oriented, extremely task-oriented, very organized. Not saying that you're none of these. I'm describing myself. Um, (laughs) That is what I need in an admin person. Someone who has it going and someone who is also reacting in real time versus being passive. That's what I need. I need someone just to take those and do them and I don't have to worry about them. The last major fear that comes up for me, at least what came up when I was journaling right before we hit record, (laughs) is 
And this kind of touches on the point that you just made of like, you can make it design, like you and the VA can figure out whatever works best, which still makes me a little uncomfy. I want a blueprint. (laughs) I want someone to be like, it's normal practice to check in with your VA once a week, every other week, once a month via Zoom. Like, okay. The other fear that came up is the fear of them thinking that I'm a fraud as a business owner because I don't already have all my systems in place. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Laugh. I I wrote it down and I was like, that's going to be uncomfortable to tell Hannah. (laughs) I I just laugh because... I I think about the journey that I've been on with my current VA over the last couple of years. And just, I always think that she is like, oh my God, this bitch is crazy. Um, (laughs) That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Okay. I am crazy. Sometimes (laughs) I am chaos. It works for me. I fly by the seat of my pants. I'm trying to be better about that, but you want someone that can work with that and guide you and keep you on track. And so if that person is judging you, why are they working for you? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I would hope that a VA would see that as an opportunity for like, oh, I can help here, here, and here. I see Morgan is struggling with this and getting this done. So I'm going to take this over and I'm going to give this feedback on how she can do this better. So basically going back to what you're saying is like having that conversation up front of being like, just so you know, this is how my brain functions. I want you to be fully aware of that before we start working together that I don't have all the systems in place and I'm open to feedback on how we can streamline this to make your work more efficient. 100%. I think people wait too long to get a VA. I did. And it's understandable. Finances are the biggest thing. But by the time people hit that breaking point of oh, fuck, I need a VA. They are usually all over the place and need to be reined in and supported. Yeah. Literally right here. That's exactly where we're at right now. And it's one of those things where I've like thought about hiring a VA and I always just like shut it off. And I was like, you can't afford it. You can barely pay yourself, Morgan. What are you doing hiring a VA? Like you have no business doing that. Um, You're not financially stable enough to do this yet. Uh, Just like all of these valid things. Like I want to be able to pay someone a fair and appropriate rate and not have it and not have it totally kill my business if I can barely pay myself. But I'm at that cusp. It just like, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like just listening to a podcast episode like that of like you, you hear it so much. Like you should hire a VA, you should hire a VA. You and I have talked about it. Don't wait too long, delegate tasks. And for some reason, something this morning just like clicked. Well, it was the podcast that you're listening to, right? Right. It put it all together for you. It put it all together for me. Yep. So you have a couple options here. If you want to keep costs low, I'm going to give you some things that you can do. One thing that she is doing with me. So she's a dietetic student. She's about to go work on her master's in business. And she wants to have a virtual part-time job where she's learning stuff in real time, contributing to a business in the dietetic space. And she's stoked on it. And because she's a student and she's an apprentice, she is going to be paid a fair rate for what she can offer 
and it is slightly lower than what a VA would cost, but she's going to Mm -hmm. be my VA and build skills around that because I'm going to guide her. This is an intensive on the hirer option. So I know it's going to take me more work getting in the weeds with her, training her to help me. And I know because my business coaching offerings are not in full force as far as regular revenue to where I would want it to be. It's going to be worth doing it in this way and also contributing to her future of being in the entrepreneur space. And because she's a student, hopefully I'll have her for a couple of years at least. That's one option. Okay. Hire a student. Love Love that. Number two is hire a VA, which could be someone who is already a VA for other businesses, finding a VA that is versed in your business model, right? There's going to be a difference between a private practice VA and someone who does business support and project-based things. That's going to cost you a little bit more money. And then there's the question of, is this going to be a contractor or an employee? TLDR, it's going to depend on your state. Mm -hmm. But what I will say, contractors do what they want. They have their own model. This is how they're going to be a a VA for you. They're going to do these five tasks. That's what they do. That is their business offering to you. Mm -hmm. If it's an employee, you tell them what to do and you outline their role. I think people straddle the line a lot with that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's necessarily the worst thing in a contractor position in this space. I have more to say about clinicians being contractors or employees, which we'll do a whole episode (laughs) on, but it's just whatever you think is going to be the most helpful. I think in your case, if you can swing it, I would do employee, or at least if it is a contractor, do it in a way where you're able to set the expectation yeah. and they consent to that, that their business can offer that to you. Yeah. That's so interesting. I I feel like it, it really does differ by States because in Texas for any sort of work like this, most of it is contract work. Just like a 1099, mm-hmm. uh, 1099 contract worker. Um, and even within that, the company still tells you what you need to be doing, even though you're the one providing the service as a contract worker. So it'll be interesting though, like even hiring, like it is good to know, like even hiring across state lines. Cause if I hired someone in Texas, like that's the norm, but looking at hiring someone like outside of Texas, cause VAs are virtual can literally be anywhere to know kind of the difference between that. 100%. And I think that's common in a lot of States. And I will just say that, I don't want the IRS coming for me. Mm-hmm. And so anyone who is curious about whether they should be classifying someone as an employee or a contractor can go to the IRS comparison site. We can drop it in the show notes Oh yeah, um, just to see what works best for their company. But I'll say my, so another type of admin support could be a biller, right? Mm-hmm. Just to bring in this example, my biller is a contractor. They have a billing firm. So I pay them for their service. Mm. It's pretty straightforward what they do. And it's not necessarily influencing what I do in my business. I gotcha. We have an agreement on how timely things should be done, protocols for reaching out to clients about outstanding balances, et cetera. But outside of that, 
I'm not telling them how to do their job. Mm -hmm. But my admin assistant is a W-2 because I want this person in the business with me, like getting feedback, doing things in the way that I want. And I want someone long-term. So that's another way you can look at contractor versus employee as well. Contractor is supposed to be short-term contract work for a period of time, usually less than a year. Employees are people that are invested in your practice and you're invested in them and their well-being. Helpful to know. One more thing to look into. (laughs) Yes. And I think a lot of people play it safe Mm -hmm. about doing contractors to start and see how it feels. And so when you're asking about like a trial run or what that would look like, you could do a contract for a short term, see how it feels, see if the investment is paying off. There's return ROI, right? Return on investment for your practice. And then from there, you can decide a long-term plan if you're both on the same page. And maybe part of that long-term plan is employment. Yeah. So like, look at, okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense of being, of yeah, doing that trial run, making sure you're a good fit, being able to offer that. Do I, I guess, I mean, I guess it depends on like W2 employee versus 1099 contractor. Do I set the price and just say like, I'm willing to pay X per hour. And then if they're okay with that cost, that's when they can apply. Is that how that would work first? It's a little bit more nuanced than that. So if it's a contractor, usually they have their own rate that they offer to you and you accept it or not. Okay. If it's an employee, I would look at the market rate in your area or even across the States, right? Because VAs can be anywhere Mm -hmm. and seeing what the going rate is for paying someone for admin work. Okay. And then you set that and the person can accept or not. There always could be negotiation, but I feel like if you're not lowballing somebody, Mm -hmm. it's going to be fine. If you're paying market rate, they can expect that. Okay. Where do I find people? (laughs) That is a really good question. I know a lot of folks like word of mouth. Okay. And I think a lot of, so because I'm in kind of the private practice group practice space, Mm -hmm. a lot of folks share VAs and admin staff. And so you can ask somebody else who's in the business space, maybe who does something similar to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even for your example, you could go as far as in the web design and strategy space. It doesn't even have to be somebody directly who is in dietetics or has an understand. Well, they will gain an understanding through working with you. And that it's also another person to educate about weight, inclusive care and social Mm -hmm. justice and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really awesome to bring somebody who doesn't even isn't super familiar with our niche Mm -hmm. and then they get to learn about it. So word of mouth from other people, you could do a job posting online. You can post on task rabbit or one of those contracting sites, or you can ask any students if they're interested in the opportunity. Yeah. I like, and this just, I think just goes back to like my love of apprenticeship, mentorship, things like that. I love working with students. I love having dietetic interns. They're not to say that more established VAs can't bring this, but like their like gusto of wanting to absorb information while at the same time sharing with me, like what is happening 
like up and coming things happening in our space just it brings me so much joy. <laughs> 100%. I am with you in students. And it takes a little bit more work on our end too. So mm-hmm. totally. there has to be that willingness and our resource of time and energy devoted to them, to their yeah. learning. They're not just here to like clean up our messes. It's right. investing in them too. And it's like a relationship. It is a relationship. Not that, you, not that you wouldn't have a relationship with a more established VA, but you're taking this person under your wing and they're helping you fly as well. That was cheesy, yeah. but <laughs> Aww, that was so sweet, Anna. <laughs> I know it just popped into my head. I just had to say it, but I think it's a really great option because you can pay them as you should. You should pay your interns if it's not for their dietetic work because we just can't afford that. But if you're having somebody do project-based stuff, business support, admin, please pay them. And you can likely pay them more than they would make in a retail job or working in the restaurant industry, unless they're getting tips. That's a great way to make money on the side, PS students, and also people building their businesses. You can pay them fairly and they can be flexible with their school schedule and they're building skills that are going to be applicable in real time. I always think about the mentorship piece because At this point in time, if you want to hire me hourly, my rate is $350. Mm -hmm. That is because I do not have time for a lot. And what I bring will easily have return on investment for that. So I think about that in compensation for having a student or an intern work for me as well. Not only are they getting like an admin pay rate, Mm -hmm. they also get my time, which is financially worth a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat as well. And so that really resonates with me. If you, and coaching here and accountability, if you could give me like three things that I need to get done by the end of the week in order to like initiate this and take the first step, what would it be? Great question. I love a to-do list, intention list. I do too. It's going straight under feet. Asana. Yes, it's going straight in Asana. I would take the rest of the week. And as you're doing different tasks, make a list of things that you're doing that an admin could do. And that will free up time that I'm doing or avoiding doing. 100%. (laughs) Yes. I love that clarification. The next step I would do is talk to three to five people that you know, who have admins and ask them what their experience has been. If their admin is taking on new people And for you, Morgan, specifically, because you're in the business support industry, I would even say talk to other web design friends and see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then I think a third step could be making yourself a timeline Mm -hmm. of when would I want to get this person hired? What are my projects that I'm setting a timeline for? And how will that person use their three to five hours, depending on what you decide you can swing? to help you get towards that? What is going to be the return on investment of that? How much do you hope to make? That's kind of getting in the weeds a little bit. So yeah, if you're like, well, not ready to get into the weeds, I think you could just make that timeline mm-hmm. of the project, what they're going to do based on the tasks you wrote down and how long you're going to have them as a contractor if you decide to go that route before deciding if it's worth ROI of continuing. And if it's not, That might not necessarily mean that you need to not have an admin. I think you'll just need to pivot. Yeah. We love a good pivot over here. 
Okay. These are my to-dos. I will report back next week's episode. We'll do our check-in around it. Woo! This is the accountability. Holding myself accountable with this because I'm just, I'm at the point where things keep getting pushed back because I'm avoiding them. And I just, I need, I need accountability and I need support with it all. One last thought that I'll leave everyone with is every step we take in business where we're bringing someone in, we're making a change in our system, we're adding a different service, there is going to be growing pains. There's no way around it. And so remembering being an entrepreneur is about risk, distress tolerance, and a little bit of grit. And so just having that radical acceptance of those three pieces are going to be here as you hire a VA, that is normal and okay. Thank you for that reminder. I will be uh, taking that little clip and putting it on repeat throughout this whole process. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, share with a business bestie, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. See you next week. Bye.